Alright guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast News Podcast. It is Tuesday, June 5th, 2018, and on today's episode, I'm going to share a recent interview we did on the Marching to Madness podcast with Tennessee Associate Head Coach Rob Lanier. As always, you guys know by now, uh, any SEC-related stuff uh, we do on the national podcast, I always share here on the SEC podcast, so that way no one misses it. Uh, but we did have a chance to to catch up with Coach Lanier last week and talk about the, this Tennessee team, of course. Uh, looking back at what they did last season uh, when they were picked by many people, myself included, uh, to be towards the bottom you know, of the SEC, and yet they managed to turn that into a, a regular season championship, a share of the regular season title with Auburn. Um, and now it's, you know, what's next for this program? And we talked about really just the identity uh, of this team right now. And when you look back at what they did last year, sort of the turning point that they had uh, when they went to the Bahamas, of course, they, they played those games against tough competition against Purdue, Villanova, uh, NC State, and sort of how they built off of that and were able to turn that into a special season there in Knoxville. We also really kind of dove into the roster um, and, and talked about all these different guys that could play a huge role for them next season, of course. Admiral Schofield withdraws from the NBA draft. He's coming back for his senior season. Grant Williams, the SEC, the reigning SEC player of the year. Uh, and then we also touched on Lamonte Turner, who has gone overseas this summer, uh, played with athletes in action, sort of how that experience is going to help him uh, going into what will be his fourth year there uh, with the program. But uh, it's easy to look at this Tennessee team and really get excited uh, about what's possible after winning 26 games last year. And, you know, they returned their top six scores. Uh, and pretty much, you know, that rotation's intact. And all these guys have another year of experience under their belt. They they know what it takes to, to be successful. And like we said, Benny right there at the top of the SEC. So we talked about that with him. And we also touched on his website, uh, coachspeak.net. Uh, Coach Lanier started that website last summer. We caught up with him and talked about sort of his vision when he started that to kind of help coaches all throughout the country at different levels. Uh, he's continued to grow that. There's a lot of good reading over there. If you're just a basketball fan in general, uh, if you have any sort of you know fascination with the coaching aspect of things, there's a lot of great articles over at CoachSpeak.net. So uh, without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation with Tennessee Associate Head Coach Rob Lanier. All right, guys, welcome back in to the Marching to Madness podcast. We're excited to welcome back in Tennessee Associate Head Coach Rob Lanier. And, Coach, uh, to start off with here, uh, the most newsworthy item, I guess, of the past couple days, we've had the NBA early draft entrant deadline come to a close here. And then Admiral Schofield, certainly someone, uh, a big part of that Tennessee program, has a chance to come back now for senior season. Uh, As you guys kind of, you know, kind of helped him through that process, now he comes back. What do you think maybe the biggest takeaways were from him, from those evaluations that he'll be able to bring to the team there next season? Well, the number one takeaway for him just individually is that he's got a chance. And uh, it's good for him to know that, uh, you know, his his dream is within his reach. And then what he's got to do to close whatever gap there is between where he is now and where he wants to be it's just continuing on the path that he's on, you know, continue to develop his jump shot, which he's done a great job of, continue to compete and continue to develop uh, into a versatile defender because 
as you all know, the NBA has gone in such a way where it's, uh, you know, I guess the phrase everyone is using is positionless basketball. And uh, he's one of those guys that maybe 10 years ago, there wasn't really a place for a guy with his in-between size. And now there's plenty of room for a guy like him. And uh, I think he's, he's learning that. Um, I think he learned that he, he went into it with great shape and great work habits. And I think he came back with a mindset that what, what we've been doing has translated well for him when he went out into the workouts and competed against guys from other schools and, and went through the, the, the regimen that the, uh, that the respective uh, organizations would put him through. He felt like he was prepared for that stuff. So that was, that was a good message for him to convey to our guys upon his return. And Coach, uh, before we go to this upcoming season, talk about the roster. Looking back at last season, obviously you guys have a really great year, win 26 games, capture share of the SEC regular season title. Uh, as a staff, did you kind of sense a turning point with this group maybe during the season, in the, in the preseason, that sort of made you think that you had a, a special group that, that was able to do those types of things last year? You know what? I, I think the Bahamas trip really was enlightening for us that uh, – you know, we, we had an inkling that we could be really good, um, but we got some confirmation, when, you know, against Purdue and, uh, in a tough loss against Villanova in a hard-fought game, and then uh, uh, in a win against a team that turned out to be a really good team in, in NC State. Uh, so those three games, uh, when we got back, we felt like we had a chance to be re- really good. Coach, the strengths of this group, you know, people talk about their toughness, the intangibles last season. What do you think uh, really defines this team's identity? Well, you just touched on it. You know, uh, we, we take a lot of pride in being tough and uh, being a, a hard-nosed defensive team that uh, takes care of the things that we can control, and we're going to have to continue to be that way. And, and we, got, we got a little lucky, too. We developed some chemistry, and chemistry is not something you can always count on. Uh, but we got some great personalities and some guys who really have a team first orientation inside our group. Um, and, and we've developed some leadership and we've got some selfless guys in our team. And, uh, so, so we, we, we have uh, a chemistry and chemistry is a, is a fickle thing now. Um, you know, and because our success has been based in large part on that, we need to maintain it. And it's something that you can lose because, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, we just start talking about the NBA. So you got uh, Admiral, who's had this NBA experience, and certainly he's got to be able to compartmentalize that and focus on Tennessee. Um, you know, Grant Grant Williams, who's the SEC Player of the Year, he's got to uh, uh, want to validate himself as a as an All Conference uh, Player of the Year caliber player and a potential pro. He's got to be able to compartmentalize that. And, uh, and then we've got other guys who want to improve their roles, but we've got a lot of guys back. We can only play so many of them. So being able to build upon that chemistry and the success that we had is a real challenge, and it's going to take place with a lot of expectations on our program. So it's a, you know, uh, uh, great programs are able to perform under expectations, and uh, we're going to have an opportunity to go from having a good year and a good team to really uh, strengthen our own program and uh, uh, have a year like last year become the norm. Coach, you just mentioned Grant Williams, you know, from here in Charlotte. What's the 
key emphasis now after he wins SEC Player of the Year. What's the key emphasis going into the offseason? Thing is, is his conditioning. Uh, he's got to take his conditioning to another level. You know, anytime you're a guy who's coming back with those type of accolades, there's going to be a lot of attention paid to you. So he's going to have to uh, uh, be in great shape. Um, and then for him, one of the things that he is working on, and I think he'll he'll improve dramatically, is his ability to shoot the ball, to step away and and stretch the defense a little bit, and being able to do that without compromising his bread and butter. I mean, he can score from the mid post, the elbows, the low post, um, and now being more consistent shooting the ball from the perimeter, which he's well, very capable of doing. So being able to add that to his game without compromising the other things he already does well and finding that balance as a player and then having the conditioning to take on the double teams and do what he needs to do from a defensive standpoint, putting all that together is uh, quite a hefty task for him. Coach, uh, another guy who's getting an opportunity to have a, a unique experience this offseason, that's Lamonte Turner. He's playing with athletes in action, getting a chance to go overseas uh, and have that experience. How do you feel like this type of experience is going to help further his game as he goes into next season? Well, I think just the opportunity to play, to see another part of the world, uh, um, to hear a different voice and get a different system from a basketball standpoint. It's just a good experience and a growth opportunity for him as a young man. And uh, obviously, as he grows and matures through experiences like that and brings that back to our team, it helps It helps the group. Uh, you know, Lamonte was with us year one, even though he sat out that year. So this is year four for him. So there's a level of leadership that we want from him, not just the production and the shot-making ability, which we all know he can do. Um, Lamont, it's Lamonte's time to step up as as a leader inside of our team so i think those experiences will help him in that regard coach i'm thinking about the impact of non-conference scheduling you know you guys have consistently built one of the better schedules there since you came to tennessee and i know rick did it at texas as well you know and and over the past few years what are the biggest things you know you're looking for when you approach non-conference scheduling? Well, the number one thing is that when the, when the year is over and uh, and they pick the field, if we don't make it, we want it to be because we didn't win enough games, but not because we didn't give ourselves a chance because we didn't play anybody. So we want to have one of the best schedules in the country for that first and foremost. Number two, we want to give ourselves an opportunity to promote the brand. Um, anytime uh, we can play a schedule that puts us on national TV and puts us on the floor with other national programs, we want to take advantage of those opportunities, and we want to play in the best venues. If we can play in the garden, if we can play at uh, uh, we want to, we want to schedule Duke. We want to play at North Carolina. We want to play Kansas. We want to play the premier programs in the country, and, of course, we want to beat them. But we want to play the premier programs, and we want people to see that power T and associate it with those other premier pro, premier programs. But we have to win, but you can't win those type of games unless you play them. And so that that's, that's the second part of the way we approach it. And then the last thing is we want to play in areas where we, where we think we'd like to recruit. So we want to have uh, – those games in Georgia, 
and North Carolina and in places where we've in, enjoyed some success recruiting, we want to put ourselves uh, uh, in those areas where people who, uh, who we'd like to recruit get a chance to see us play. Coach, uh, before you guys came to Tennessee, obviously yourself, you had a chance to be in the SEC when you were with Billy Dominant there at Florida for several years. Now we've seen this conference really develop just into one of the deepest conferences in the country from our perspective when you look at it from top to bottom. Uh, how has the conference been able to, like you said, you were there back then, maybe 10 years ago or so when you got there the first time, to where it is now. How has it been able to make such a large jump now in this period of time? Well, you've added a couple of schools uh, since then. You know, Texas A&M has been a real player in this league since they joined the league in basketball. Missouri has had an impact. Um, so that that that's number one. Number two, the decision makers in this league have hired great coaches. I mean, there, there's great coaches in this league, top to bottom, coaches who are nationally prominent. You know, Ben Holland, Avery Johnson, Rick Barnes, uh, and then coaches who have come in and just done a great job, you know, and then obviously Tom Crean coming into the league now, um, we, we've just, we've just done a good job, uh, getting great coaches and, and the great coaches attract great players. And, um, uh, you know, we, we, we've just talked about it. We just got great basketball programs. I think one of the underrated things about our league too are the venues. There are some great college basketball venues in our league, some great home courts. Uh, I think ours is one of the best in the country. But I think if you rated the top 25 or so venues in the country, I think there'd be a significant number of teams from our league on that, li- on that list legitimately. And for a, 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 a league that is really not really for football, there's a lot of passionate basketball fans in our in our league and I think that's one of the things that makes this uh, league so special. Coach, I was going to touch on that relationship with Billy Donovan. Do you ever watch his teams play and, and see things uh, in the flow of a game that you remember times when and you and him worked on that particular variable? Not, not so much. You know, uh, I don't watch a whole lot of NBA during the regular season much. Uh, I do watch the playoffs. And, and, you know, uh, one of the things that we didn't have at Florida was Russell Westbrook. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, a lot of of what they do centers around uh, this really uh, phenomenal individual talent. And one of the big things for us at Florida was, you know, we shot distribution. You know, we, we always had a, you know, uh, five or six guys that were right around double-figure shots. But there, was, there wasn't there was that much of a disparity between the guy who led us in shot attempts and uh, the guy who might have been fifth or sixth in shot attempts. There was, a, there was a really small gap there. And so that was reflected in the way that we played. And uh, there's a little bit of a disparity there in their team because they have such a dynamic player. 
And Coach, uh, finally, like we talked about earlier, we had you on last summer. I know it was the first time our listeners were able to kind of get introduced to, to a concept that you guys are doing, and that's the CoachSpeak.net thing that you've started. Uh, we've had a lot of fun reading all the stories and all the anecdotes from coaches all at all levels, really. It's been a lot of fun to follow this. Uh, how exciting has it been for you just to kind of continue to grow the site and be able to connect uh, all this knowledge with, with really with coaches all throughout the country? It's been awesome. It's a great platform. Um, you know, I, I really wanted it to be a, an opportunity for young coaches in particular to put their own thoughtfulness and confidence on display in such a way that people can identify with coaches that we might not ordinarily get a chance to know. Um, obviously, a lot of young, there's a lot of really good and thoughtful young coaches out there with great ideas and great stories that uh, they get it. They got an opportunity to get out and share those things. And uh, I don't play golf, so this is a, a great hobby for me. I love coaches. I love our profession. Um, I think coaches are great storytellers, great teachers, and uh, interesting people in general. And uh, I'm just really excited to offer them an opportunity to uh, to tell those stories. One of the things we did with the site recently is that we we uh, claimed a new domain name so people have had trouble finding it because it was coach-speak.net and we've took we've taken the dash out and so it's just one word coachspeak.net and so uh I, I noticed a little bit of dip in traffic because i think uh people haven't been able to find the site some because of that change so uh spread the word uh, and there's there's a lot of great content there and we got some some great stuff coming. We got some great ideas we're going to do with the content as we go forward. It's been a it's been a lot of fun. Well, and, and I'll just make one recommendation to anybody out there. One of the my favorite stories that I've read, and I've read a lot of them on there, is when you wrote the one. I think it was last October about recalling uh, your NBA days, and you know all five of them, and you kind of documented that entire process. Uh, that that was a really fun read. Just kind of you going into that. That that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was quite a quite a time you know it was when uh, billy donovan was offered the uh, orlando magic job i think a lot of people would remember that uh, that scenario where he took the job and then changed his mind and i just happened to be on the job a couple of days when that happened and the story that i'm telling in the article is you know that that five-day period from my perspective uh, uh as a coach what i went through so i appreciate you sharing that i appreciate you guys talking about it it's uh like i said it's been a lot of fun Coach, uh, we really enjoyed catching up with you. Uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you again here in the near future. Thanks as always. Thanks, guys. All right, that was interview with uh, Tennessee Associate Head Coach Rob Lanier. Uh, second time catching up with him on the Marching Madness podcast. It really always a, a fun discussion with him. Uh, and, and as we mentioned, it's going to be another fun year, I think, for the Vols when you look at what they bring back. Uh, how this team is built, and he talked about the toughness of this squad, and that's something I brought up pretty much the entire season last year. Is you know, it's kind of one of those deals where people looked at Tennessee, uh, you didn't feel like you had you know five superstars at every single position um, or anything like that, but it was just the ultimate team, and I think that's the best sort of compliment you can give uh, a team is that they were sort of the ultimate team where you had all these different guys. Uh, you had an SEC Player of the Year in Grant Williams. You had the the hard nosed 
guys, when we're talking about Admiral Schofield, we talked about Lamonte Turner, all those other guys, uh, the development of someone like Kyle Alexander, uh, and then that backcourt in general, how it continues to grow. You've just really got a lot of intangibles on that roster, and I think that's going to help them again here going forward. They're going to be one of the favorites. You look at some of these early top 25 polls, and as I always say, I don't ever do these just because it takes me a while to really dive into the research with some of these teams. Uh, I want to be sure I get a good feel of everyone before I start kind of going through a top 25. It takes a little longer on that. But I think when you look at the ones that are already out there, you're seeing Tennessee in the top five in a lot of these, and you're seeing you know a team like Kentucky – Auburn, all these different teams are right there around that top 10. Um, so it's another year in the SEC where you're going to see a lot of these teams take another step forward. The league gets eight teams in the tournament last year. Uh, I think this year, you know, only two advanced to the Sweet 16 last year. But I think this year you're looking at, you know, maybe six, seven teams that you feel like have the potential uh, to make it beyond the Sweet 16, where they're built for these deep runs in the tournament. And there's no doubt that Tennessee is one of those teams uh, when you look at the makeup and everyone that they have coming back and what Rick Barnes and his staff have been able to do there. So so uh, thanks again to Tennessee Associate Head Coach Rob Lanier for joining us on the podcast. And, of course, thank you, as always, uh, for listening. Be sure you subscribe. Go over to iTunes, uh, just search for Southeast Hoops. That way you can subscribe and, and get all the episodes when they come up. Of course, uh, a lot of written stuff going up at southeasthoops.com. That's why you're seeing less podcasts right now. Uh, but still putting up a lot of written stuff, already preparing uh, the deep research for next season. I'm going to have a lot of exciting stuff on the way, uh, working on some things. I think you guys are really going to enjoy preview-wise as we start uh, to really ramp up things and go towards next season. I know there's still football season. Uh, we're still five months away from the start of basketball season, but I think for anyone that's followed the website, if you've followed the podcast over the past year or so, uh, you know that we keep things going SEC basketball-related uh, over on the website and on the podcast. Uh, it never stops, and we're going to really start to dive into all these different teams and break things down as we get closer and closer to the start of next season. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of that. Uh, Thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.